This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, three Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. This is Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. It's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate. Presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the next radio hour, the mortgage mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Classes, Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. All right, good afternoon. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm Mark Cumberland, along with my co-host, the mortgage mom, Deanne Katsaris. How are you, Dan? I'm doing great, Mark. Just great. Very good. And we're excited to be here every Saturday at 1 o'clock here on WPHT Talk Radio 1210. Want to ask us a question about mortgages, residential, commercial, whatever your needs are, give us a call. My number is 267-266-5501. What's your number, Dan? My number is 609-605-7153. And we're here every week. We are the only real estate show in the Philly market, which is unbelievable, but I'm happy about it. And you can listen to this show and past shows at our website, goodnewsandrealestate.com, and also at WPHT's website. So what's coming up today? Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have the market report. Yes. We have our business tips with Asking Dr. A. Continuing series. We also have Mark's funny story. Got one for you. We also have our mortgage mom topic. Which is what? I'm so excited about today's topic, Mark. We are going to be talking about introducing the Somerset Village Project. And I'm actually going to bring on Joanna Kanieska from Century 21 Veterans. She's going to join me on my segment to talk about it. Very good. We're also honored to have on our guest on our guest segment is Margot McDonald, and she is the president of 1031 Corp. So she's going to fill yes. us in on some good stuff as well. Very good. Mark, we also have our questions. How difficult it is it to buy a home when you're between jobs? Thinking of moving and buying a $100,000 priced home with 30000 down. Next question is, any refinance options for a non-primary residence home? Next, next question is, can I borrow more than the house price in order to pay other bills? <laughs> sure. <laughs> the next question is, how do I choose a realtor? Should I just go with a real large real estate firm? Next question is, I've been trying to get my credit score up enough to get a house and have gotten my score up to a 615. What's next? Almost there. Almost there. Mark, we also have our topic of the day, which is property taxes and appealing your assessment. 
This is going to be a hot topic in a uh, few months. <laughs> no ranting. No ranting today. Yeah. <laughs> but first, After mine's going to just... 31%. <laughs> oh, my God. Move out to Jersey. It might be cheaper. Oh, you got to give me a break. They're fleeing. <laughs> <laughs> but, Mark, first, give us your motivational quote. And a motivational quote is, ability is what you're capable of doing. Motivation determines what you do. And attitude determines how well you do it. So you got to just uh, not worry about the rear view mirror and just keep going forward and have a good attitude and things will work out. There you go. So where are we at? So, Mark, we are up to the market report. So there's Frank's bell. So anyway, since last week, I've been watching this inventory very closely. Since last week, Philly Actives, like I looked actually today, and okay. we went up from 47.02 last week to 48.29. So we're not we're not getting these giant increases in that and and in inventory. Oops, the students are calling. But uh, eventually, we will, I think we will see some inventory. But I think as it's long as it's on the uptick and not the down, we're good. Yeah, consumer confidence in the housing market dropped to the lowest level since 2011 as both prospective buyers and sellers have become more pessimistic. You know, it is a tough market right now with this inflation. People are a little nervous. So, uh, they said, according to a release by Fannie Mae, 17% of those surveyed in July said it is a good time to buy down from 20% in June. Even more telling, however, is that the Sarah showers who think it's a good time to list their home has dropped to 67% in July from 76% two months ago. So this inflation is scaring everybody a little bit. But the real estate market's booming. It's just the, the media don't talk about it because it's good news. Far fewer consumers now think home prices will rise, which I think they're wrong. I think they're still going to continue to go up for a while. Those who think prices will fall jump from 27 to 30%. Fannie Mae Home Purchase Sentiment Index, whatever that means, consists of six components. Buying conditions, selling conditions, home price outlook, mortgage rates outlook, job concerns, change in household income. The overall index fell two points in July to 62.8. That's down 13 points from a year earlier and hit an all-time high of 93.7 in the summer of 2019. It's amazing how much changed in the last 19 months. Unfavorable mortgage rates have been increasingly cited as consumers as top reason behind the growing perception that it's a bad time to buy. But it's not a bad time to buy. We're still around five, yeah. which is a good rate. It's a great rate. So, yeah. So the average rate on a 30-year fix this year still, you know, was around three, and it's been going up. Briefly crossed the line at six, dropped down again. It's just the millennials don't know any history, unfortunately. They don't right. know about the 8 to 14%. Sales of both new and existing homes have been falling sharply over the last couple of months. Affordability weekends, consumers worry about inflation. But real estate in general is in good shape. So, you know, all we need is more inventory. You get more inventory out there, there'll be more houses sold in 22 than 21. Same that happened in 21 to 20 and 20 to 19. So... All in all, real estate is in good shape, unlike some of the other industries. But tell us about the rates. Yeah, and talking about good 
good shape. You have your 30-year fixed at 5.35% on your conventional, also credit score driven. Your 15-year is at 4.625. Your 30-year jumbo, 4.75. Your 5-1 arm is at 4.5%. Your FHA is at 5%, VA 5%. I know. They're great rates. They are great rates. I just talked to a group of students, and I told them about the 80s. And they they looked at me like I was nuts. Yep. Anyway, so with that, you're listening to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD, all positive all the time. We'll be right back. On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. All right, welcome back to Good News and Real Estate here on 1210 WPHT, all positive, all the time. So, we have so Mark, we are up to your funny story. So this older gentleman, right, he goes to the, picks a brand new primary care doctor. After two visits and exhaustic lab tests, he says, you know, he's doing pretty fair for his age. Uh, he just turned, I forget what it was, like 60 in July or something. He was a little concerned about that comedy and... Uh, he couldn't resist asking the doctor. He says, uh, you think I'll live to 80? And the doctor says, you smoke tobacco or drink beer or wine or hard liquor? He goes, oh, no, no. He goes, I'm not doing any drugs either. He goes, do you eat ribeye steaks, barbecue ribs, anything like that? He goes, no, not much. My former doctor said all red meats were very unhealthy. He goes, you spend a lot of time in the sun, like playing golf, boating, sailing, hiking, bicycling. He goes, no. He goes, you gamble, drive fast cars, have lots of sex? He goes, no. He goes, then why do you want to live to 80? (laughs) That was a good one. (laughs) If you have a funny story, you can send it to 8029 at Comcast.net or give us a call at 267-266-5501. 5501. Now it is time for the Mortgage Mom segment with Deanne Katsaris and her guests. And they're going to introduce the Somerset Village Project. I'm curious. Yep. We have um, Joanna Kenyeska from Century 21 Veterans. Welcome, Joanna. Thank you. Hi, everyone. How you doing? My name is Joanna. Good. How are you? Good, good, good. Thank you for being on. Um, I wanted, I was excited to have you come on today because um, I wanted you to tell Mark and I um, all about the Somerset Village Project. Give us a little bit of background, um, a f- little bit of family history, and then be able to go into um, the project a little bit. Okay, uh, yeah. So uh, my dad actually came here from Poland in 84, um, started, kn- went knocking from door to door trying to see if anyone needed anything fixed, and then fast forward a couple of years, Um, He started a window manufacturer in Pennsylvania, in Bristol. Um, And then from that, he actually started getting into uh, building new construction homes. And my two brothers and I wanted to get involved in projects like like this as well. Um, So we have started to work on things like that in Philly, Um, one of which is this big project, uh, Somerset Village. Um, it'll have about 160 units in total, um, including uh, single family or row homes. 
Um, there's going to be duplexes, 48 units with garage, and then 18 without garage. And that's unusual. That's mm-hmm. unusual in Philly to have a duplex with garages. So that's a that's a big plus. Oh, yeah. And then we have multifamily, uh, which is just apartments, 60 units, um, commercial space underneath. And there's actually going to be a garage and parking space underneath that. So there's a lot of parking that we're trying to supply here to the people <laughs> who are going to be living there. So this is an ama- amazing project for you to take on. Um, and we've been doing a little work together and I mean, I think this is going to be a home run, especially with, you know, your background and your knowledge. Um, I just, and and I love the name Somerset village. I just think it's, you know, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a, a huge platform to help revitalize the area. So, um, tell us some things that are around, around where Somerset village is. And what, what kind of retail are they putting underneath it? So we don't have anyone for retail just yet. It's going to be part of the fourth phase to get the multifamily and the commercial space up. Um, so that'll be the last phase. We're currently not looking exactly for the to fill in the commercial space just yet, but we are hoping to do that shortly once we have um, most of this started. Um, we're going to try and get maybe some breweries in there if anyone's interested either a restaurant something like that with that amount of people absolutely. you know that's a built-in uh customer absolutely. base right there yeah but um i think it's gonna be a great space for a lot of um businesses or anyone who wants to kind of attract a lot of people huge so. audience yeah even a coffee yeah, shop gym or something like that would probably be mm. a kill it hmm <laughs> Yeah, is uh, is that going to be part of the amenities? Because that would actually be a great spot for a gym. No, so this will actually be um, just a commercial space in itself since we don't know what's going to be there yet. Um, But some things are still up for discussion um, and figuring out how everything's going to be. Is construction started or is it, where is it at? Yes. So um, we have started on the first uh, single family or the row homes. Um, and we are, the foundations are put in for the duplexes, the first 48 that we're going to have. Is this on the north side of, uh, Somerset or South? What's the, what's the actual address, Joanna? What was it? I'm trying to picture where this is at exactly. 2201 East Somerset. Yeah. My brother lives over that way. So in that area, um, you know, where the project is, has already started, I mean, there's already breweries there. There's parks there, right, Joanna? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, there's plenty of everything. There's distilleries. So there's a lot of activity that's that's taking place in that area. Yeah, a lot of fun stuff, I think. That's the hottest yeah. neighborhood in the city. Yeah, I think it's going to be an amazing, um, an amazing spot. And then Joanna is also um, on her Instagram. So she's out there posting with a video. So yes. you can actually see a lot of the activity that's taken place. Yeah, she'll have to send me something. I, I'm, I'm curious to see it. But that sounds like a great project with that many. What's uh, what's the uh, uh, estimated completion date? So right now we don't have the full completion date uh, for the full project, but we should have model homes done by October. Right. Um, ready for showing. And once that's done, you can choose customizations and to your home and then that'll be put in and it should be done within two months. Awesome. So if somebody wants to get a hold of you or has questions, more questions on Somerset Village, how mm-hmm. can they get a hold of you? 
Um, my number is 267-397-6019. I'm also on Facebook at Kanievska Homes, K-A-N-I-E-W-S-K-A Homes, as well as Instagram at Kanievska Homes. Um, and I will be posting updates and all that good information about this project. Awesome. And if anybody has any questions, um, I have also partnered with Joanna as far as on the lending side. So I'll be happy to answer any questions you might have as well. But thank you so much for coming on today. Um, thank you. Thanks for having me. Look forward to having you again. Thanks, Joanna. Thanks. So there's a lot of stuff going on, man. Things are not that bad. Things are so great. So we at? we're at the questions. We are at the so questions. What's the, first, what's the first question? The first question is how difficult it, is it to buy a home when you are between jobs, thinking of moving and buying a $100,000 priced home with 30000 down? Well, it doesn't matter what the sale price is or how much you're putting down because you need a J-O-B in order to get a mortgage. You need to be able to um, establish a two-year work history unless you left college and got hired for what you went to school for. So, um, well, it, you can have a small gap, like if you're... No, you can have a small gap, but if you're in between jobs and you want to get a mortgage, you're not going to be able to. Right. But if you're transferring from job to job, you, you'll be all right. Correct? You need to like have... Like if you've got a really good job and then you're just taking a new job. Yeah. As long as there's no gap in between and then you'd have to close right. um, with a 30-day 30, a 30 pay stub. There you go. All right. Next question. What's the next one? Any refinance options for non-primary residence home? <clears throat> of course, there's. you can refinance a secondary home. You can re refinance an investment property. The only thing that changes um, for an investment property is you need to leave 30% equity in the property. Credit score needs to be 680 or above. And then for a second home, which again is a non-primary residence we need to leave 20% equity in the property um, and credit score at a 680. There you go. What's the next one? Next question is, can I borrow more than the house price in order to pay other bills? So the only way that you can borrow more than what the house is actually worth is if you're going to do things to improve the value. So when you say pay other right. bills, if it's credit card bills or pay off your car, the answer to that is no. But if you want to put in a new kitchen, put a new roof on, as long as it's going to right. add value to the house, then you can exceed the price. Yeah, like a 2 or 3K or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Right. Yep, exactly. And that's probably what they mean because I don't think why they would want to borrow more to pay down credit cards. That wouldn't, that wouldn't make sense. So. Yeah, well, I'm pleading the fifth on that. So <laughs> next question, how do I choose a realtor? Should I just go with a large real estate firm? No, I say when you go into a pizza parlor and you see that card under the glass, <laughs> that's the guy to call. He's the one that's on top of his game. Now, you know, use somewhere in your network. And and that's the big problem with these realtors. You know, they don't stay in touch with people. Probably 80% of them send postcards and calendars and never talk to these people again. You know, I teach these students, man, you got to talk to these people three, four times a year, and then you're their agent. You know, there's, I go in this one bar where I eat lunch and there's, you about, leave your business card. There's there. about four realtors with uh, push pins on a cork board. Like that's who I'm <laughs> going to call. No, I'm going to call somebody that I know somebody 
that's you know you want you want to this is your biggest investment interview a couple right <laughs> and big and being a big firm doesn't mean you're going to get a good realtor I mean, statistically, statistically right now, buyers hire the first realtor they meet. It used to be a couple. Now they hire the first one with a pulse and sellers are down to two, which is crazy to me, but unless you know them, what's the next one? All right. The next question is, I've been trying to get my credit score up enough to get a house. I've gotten my score up to a 615. Um, 615 may be high enough. Um, There's a little bit more that goes into it as far as, you know, what's still left on your credit, depending on how many collections, are there things disputed? So I'd have to take a look at the credit report um, to be able to determine exactly how that would work. But And I guarantee you that's 615. They're looking at credit karma and their school score is probably higher than that. Right. And they don't even know it. Right. Yeah. So tell them to call you up, call Deanne up and she'll tell you exactly where you stand. There you go. And then you'll be able to buy. Perfect. All right. All right. So good so we're questions. Take a break, as so what's always. coming up next? Yeah. So coming up next is going to be our guest segment. Um, we are honored to have Margot McDonnell um, with, and she is with 1031 Corp. She's going to give us some great info. All right. Very good. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive, all the time. We'll be ready. Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive all the time. So where are we at, Deanne? So, Mark, we are up to our guest segment, and we have Margot McDonald. And she is the president of the 1031 Court. Hey, Margo, how are you? I'm good, Mark. How are you? We're good. And Margo's been on the show, well, this is our 13th year, Margo. So you've been on and off <laughs> over the last 13 years talking about the 1031 exchange program. So first explain to the audience what a 1031 is, and then you can answer some of my questions about the changes. Sure, Mark. I'm happy to do that. A 1031 exchange is a tax strategy allowed under the federal tax code that lets you defer the gain when selling a business use or investment property and buying another business use or investment property. So rather than paying your capital gain taxes and your depreciation recapture, you can do a 1031 exchange, buy another property, enroll everything from the first property into the second one. And what is the capital gains rate right now? It depends on your income, but it's anywhere from 15 to 20%. Yeah, and, and uh, our illustrious uh, leader wanted to make it 39.6%. I bet you that had a little impact on how many 1031s you were doing, huh? <laughs> yes, it's been a very busy couple of years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just 39.6% is a high number. So mm-hmm. what? So now I've been hearing that there's been some changes. So what's the big change in NPA with this 1031. So Mark, this is actually great news. It doesn't take effect until January of 2023, but finally Pennsylvania will get on board with the other states that have an income tax regime and will allow recognition of 1031 in Pennsylvania. So that means that if you are doing a 1031 exchange, you can defer the federal gain just like always, but you will be able to defer the state income tax as well. 
And oh, we've good. finally, finally, finally gotten that across the finish line. Yeah. And, and the state tax is what? It's so... For individuals, it's a flat tax of 3.07%. Yeah, so on top of that, with the, that's going to be a little bit of a break. Absolutely. And hopefully Build Back Better will never pass with that 39.6% because that would be a killer. Can't imagine that would ever happen only because it would slow down the real estate market. And we all know that would be catastrophic to the economy. Yeah, because we're the one industry that's rocking and rolling. You know, absolutely. We're not the our our shelves are full. <laughs> we don't have a lack of we have a lack of inventory, but we have plenty of houses. <laughs> so, is there anything else you want to tell us? Like how, you know, like I I send a lot of people to you, and a lot of people don't know about a ten thirty one exchange. That's exactly right, Mark. And what I always remind people, if you were selling anything other than your primary residence, your vacation home, or something you were just flipping, you should think about 1031 because a 1031 exchange would allow you to defer the gain as well as the depreciation recapture and now the state income tax in Pennsylvania. So that will allow you to buy your next property with pre-tax dollars and keep all of your equity working for you rather than paying the taxes to IRS now. Right. So it's a great strategy to diversify your real estate portfolio, to sell one property and buy two, um, relocate where those properties are located. There's so many ways that 1031 can be helpful. Yeah. So like now tell us the rules. What's the rule? Sure. There's a couple of rules. The first to remember is in order to defer all the gain or maximize that tax deferral, you want to buy something for equal or greater value and reinvest all of the net equity. So you end up with a property that's the same in value and equity as your old property. And of course, you can always put more in. If you put less than you would pay tax on the difference. The other thing is from the day you sell your property, you have 45 days to identify in writing property you want to buy. And running at the same time, you have 180 days to actually buy that property. That 45-day thing, what happens if you're like at 45 and you just can't find anything? It's like, can you get that extended or is there anything you can do? Unfortunately, Mark, there are no extensions. There are some, some investment products out there called Delaware Statutory Trust that lets you buy a fractional interest in property that could be a last-minute solution to your situation. But my best advice for anyone is start thinking about 1031, um, even while you're considering selling the property, and then start looking for replacement property right away. Try to get it under contract so that you don't have to stress out about midnight of the 45th day, trying to make that identification. Try to get something under contract. Now, if say you didn't want to just buy another property, but you wanted to try to avoid some of these capital gains. Could you buy into a REIT or something like that? Unfortunately, Mark, you cannot. You have to have fee interest in the replacement property. So buying into a REIT will not work because really you're buying funds of a share or stock, right. and that's not the same. The REIT can do exchanges, but we can't, unfortunately, buy right. into a REIT through a 1031. So you're really busy right now. So there's a lot of activity with this. We are busy. The 1031 industry has never been this this busy. Um, our company is 31 years old. 
And in the last two years, we have more than doubled our business. Wow. And even now with this inventory issue, it must be a little tougher for people to find something in 45 days. That's probably a little bit of a struggle sometimes. It is sometimes a struggle. But what we see people doing is structuring what's called a reverse 1031 exchange, where um, 1031 Corp through our sister company called Reverse 1031 Corp, we could actually take title to your new property. We could park title to that property for 180 days, and it gives you time to find a buyer for your old property, transfer it to the buyer, and then we will take the property that we're holding for you and transfer it to you. So that's it a good could one. eliminate the stress. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I never heard of that plan before. That's a great idea for sure. Absolutely. Because yep. that's a lot of money. You know, a lot of people don't think about it neither. You know, they just, oh, I'm just going to unload this property and cash out. And then all of a sudden, now they start thinking it's about their taxes and it's a little late. Right. And not. Yeah. And go ahead, Deanna. No. And I was just going to say, I mean, I have a lot of clients now that are that have been calling and, and wanting to take advantage of this. So it's perfect timing. But again, they, they had no idea of exactly, you know, how the program is, what it is, how it works. Um, and, and they're a little afraid, honestly, especially in today's market. Yeah. I had one recently I helped sell and, uh, and she was just going to cash out. I'm like, what are you going to do with this money? I said, you know, unless you do something with this, you're going to be given all that capital gains to uncle Sam. I said, you know, you know, you know, do something else. Nobody wants you to know? do that. That's right. Somebody once told me if you are selling investment property and you don't consider a 1031 exchange, smile when you when you write the check because you're doing it voluntarily. You are. You're helping out it's the government. Profound. You're helping hire 86,000 IRS agents. That's a good thought there, right? <laughs> I heard that when I almost fell off my chair. I'm like, how about 86,000 border guards? No, IRS agents. I know they needed some IRS agents because it was really tough. My account was having a hard time getting a hold of an IRS agent, but 86,000 of them, they'll be the biggest department in the federal government. Uh, That doesn't even sound good. (laughs) So, so. Uh, anything else you want to tell us about this 1031, some other advantages? Some of the advantages are, again, not just depreciate, uh, avoiding the capital gains, but the depreciation recapture. A lot of people forget when they're depreciating their property that when they sell the property, they have to pay back 25% of all the depreciation they've taken. And sometimes that depreciation recapture is actually a bigger tax bill than the capital gains, depending on how long they've wow. owned it. So the 1031 exchange will allow them to defer that as well. And any type of property can qualify for 1031 treatment as long as it's held for business use or investment property or business use or investment. So the property, the particular type of property doesn't matter. It's its use. So I can sell that single family rental and buy a duplex and a small um, a small office building. I can sell vacant Great. land and I can buy three townhouses that are just going on the market now. And it gives us the ability to diversify, to, to create greater cash flow. It gives us the opportunity to maybe buy something that um, at the Jersey Shore, um, exchange an investment property in Philadelphia, buy an invest, exchange it for an investment property at the Jersey Shore, rent it for a couple of years, and then perhaps use it as a second home. And that's a way to make 
make owning a second home a, a feasible possibility a for some investors. And then, Deanne, that Somerset project, you should hook up uh, some investors with uh, Margo because that multifamily thing could be a, a, a problem solver. Yeah, for sure. Margo, if people do have questions um, or need help, what, how can they get a hold of you? Sure. They can just call me at 610-792-4880. They can also look at our website and they can request um, someone reach out to them. And that's just 1031corp.com. You sort of be a sponsor on our show because I'm telling you, nobody knows about this. You need a you need to reach. We go from the Poconos to the shore, Margo. You need to talk to everybody. <laughs> but I want to thank you. Thanks for coming on. I haven't seen you for a while, and I was really curious. That's actually good news. I thought they messed around with it because there was some there was some congressional talk about getting rid of ten thirty one six changes. Yes, on the federal side, but that doesn't look like it's going anywhere yeah. either. Thank God. Yeah. Do they ever want to help us? <laughs> All right. Thanks, Margo. That was a really good segment. You are very welcome. With that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive all the time. We'll be right back. Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at MortgageMom.net. All right, welcome back to Good News from Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. So we're at the end. That was a good segment with Margo, wasn't it? Yeah, it always is. Always is. That's 1031, man. You need to yep. know about that. Absolutely. So much so information. So coming up, um, we are up to our topic of the day, which is property taxes and appealing your assessment. Yeah. And everything's going to happen in Philly and a lot of other places. You know what? In Bucks County, in uh, Ben Salem, uh, a couple of years ago, Everybody that appealed their taxes, 100% had them raised, had them lowered. Had them lowered. If they appealed, they had, if they appealed, they had them lowered. Right. A lot of people just don't think about this. We had an appraiser on a long time ago. I forget his name, but he used to do appeals. And it's not a big deal. Uh, but there's a big assessment coming in Philly, and you can appeal. If it's the time of year again when homeowners have started to receive, you're going to get a letter. Everybody's in Philly is going to get a letter soon of what your estimated taxes are. And what I've heard so far, the average is 31% increase. Wow. And some neighborhoods are going to be 50 to 70%. So you get something like that, you might want to appeal. Homeowners have the right to appeal their assessments to the local board of review if they feel the assessment is incorrect. In Philly, you get an appeal form from philly.gov website. You fill it out. You can send it into the Board of Revision of Taxes, uh, and they'll review it, and you can contest it. And there's a couple of steps. One, you obtain a copy of your property tax worksheet or appraisal card. You'll get this. You're probably going to get something in the mail. In some townships, you can go get it. Uh, they'll fully explain how to read the document. You can also obtain worksheets for similar properties. Then you carefully make sure everything on that worksheet is correct. No errors. Everything's right. Uh, 
And then three, check with your local assessor regarding your home's taxable value for property taxes, the inflation rate multipliers equal to the ratio to fiscal year, uh, what the consumer index is. There's a bunch of things that take place in here because I was looking at Philly.gov, the map, and I was looking at houses in Fishtown that were all three-story rows, 50 on a block, and everyone's taxes were oh, different, geez. which makes no sense to me at mm. all. Four, they, you, they, you can inspect the side of your home, make sure everything present is good. Uh, if you're going to have, like some of them, they'll actually do an inspection. Some of them will just do it paperwork-wise. But uh, if you don't, uh, if, if this goes back to if you don't ask the answers. No. Exactly. So what do you got to lose? And a lot of times, this is like a one or two page thing uh, and and changes in your neighborhood. There could be changes, mixed use, zoning, different kinds of things that could have an impact on your neighborhood. And seven, you inform your assessor about your personal property included in the sale price of your home. What what was in the sales agreement? One of the most common mistakes home buyers can make is fail to inform the assessor the personal property, other valuable items included in the sale detailed on the purchase agreement. You know, and they could be whatever, appliances, expensive appliances, uh, whatever, decks, all kinds of stuff that could affect their appraisal or their assessed value. And then they compare your property to similar properties in the area. You know, like I'm definitely going to do an appeal because my house is so weird because it was a kind right. one. And then put all that information into a form and a, and give it a shot. What, I guarantee there's going to be hundreds of thousands of appeals I'm sure. when this thing hits. I'm sure. We could spend a lot more time on it, but maybe I'll do another segment on it. Yeah, just to finish it up, that would be great. Yeah, because it's going to affect a lot of people in Philly. And it's already affecting people in the counties. Like Montgomery County raises their taxes constantly. Like right. Jersey does too. Like Voorhees. Do they ever call you up and say, we're going to lower your taxes? No. Never. Not once. <laughs> All, right. All right. So where are we at? So we are up to our segment with Dr. A, and we're here to talk about um, staff characteristics, staff performance with it's the Fit Series. So welcome, Dr. A. Dr. Abelson, how are you? I'm doing great, Mark. How about yourself? Good. So let's pick this up from where we left off last week. Two weeks ago, we talked about the disc and the fit. Uh, last week, we talked about motives and fit. This week, I want to talk about emotional intelligence and fit, because it's really important uh, to make sure that the people who you're working with, especially in leadership, have a good fit with emotional intelligence. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of prevailing thought and research has demonstrated this, that leaders really need to have a pretty sharp and good emotional intelligence because uh, they may get hired because of their technical wherewithal and their past experience, but they more likely get fired or they can't make it or don't make it because they don't have the right level of emotional intelligence uh, because they got to deal with all kinds of stress factors. And that's why they get paid, quote unquote, the big bucks. So right. we've been focusing a lot on emotional intelligence. In fact, I'm doing our the first uh, certification for uh, emotional intelligence uh, this fall in November. So I'm looking forward to that. Does, do you know what define define emotional intelligence emotional intelligence is the extent to which you are aware of your emotions you can regulate them and you are aware of other people's emotions and you can use all of this information to enhance relationships um, and what happens is as the emotions peaked a peak uh, the different hormones and different 
chemicals get released in the body, uh, and that causes people to react in, in, in different ways. Uh, and the higher your emotional intelligence is, the more you can deal with the stress factors and all the, all the chemicals that get released in your body when you're under stress or when, when there's a huge emotional response going on. Would, so it's really important. I was, just, I was at a restaurant the other day. And they redid it. And the first time I was in there for a long time. And I gave the waitress a really good tip. And I hadn't been in there. And it was all remodeled. And she took me on a little uh-huh. tour. And she goes, and we got a new uh-huh. owner. She goes, but all he does is beat us up. And I said, that's not, uh-huh. I said, that's not good leadership. I said, no, it's not. You know, th- and that's emotional intelligence problem right there. You get more out of people. Part of it is. Yeah, you get more out of people when you treat them nice. And she was just listening to me, everything that we talk about. Well, there, we, we teach know? five different components of emotional intelligence, okay? And one is self-regulation. And what you're expressing there is a, is, a, is a person who doesn't have much self-regulation, all right? There are other issues going on with this person as well because they would prefer blaming others than blaming themselves. Uh, and I bet you they take all kinds of credit and don't give credit where it's deserved either. So it's, it's really interesting. So yeah. we probably have a combination here of emotional intelligence and the DISC. Uh, and we have an assessment that measures both of them, in fact. So, uh, so if anybody's interested in emotional intelligence, for sure, get a hold of us at www.abelson.net. And I'll be delighted to talk to you, do a program for you, do a program for your organization. And we have fantastic assessment tools. Yeah. And it's an eye opener because it's, it keeps from turnover. It makes you more money. Yes. It has so many benefits. Absolutely. Nobody ever teaches anybody except you, Dr. Abelson. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Dr. A. Roy. All right. That was a good answer to that question. If you have any questions, you can email them to Mark at 8029 at Comcast.net or give them a call at 267-266-5501. You can also email me at Deanne Katsaris at Comcast.net or give me a call at 609 605 Seven one five three. A special thanks to all of our listeners and our sponsors, and especially to Margot McDonald for yesterday from t- today for ten thirty one exchange. That was a great segment. Call her up and listen to every our show every Saturday at one o'clock here on twelve ten Talk Radio WPHC. With that, have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom. You've been listening to Good News from Real Estate here on Talk Radio twelve ten WPHT. All All positive, positive, all all the the time. Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded.